welcome to the Change Book Radio Show with your host, work-life fit expert, Deb Crow. Join Deb every week as she interviews the co-authors from all over the globe. They'll share their insights into self-empowerment with their personal stories and real-life experiences that will help your own personal development and touch every area of your life. Join Deb every Wednesday on Blog Talk Radio at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Well, good evening, everyone, and we have a special treat for you, and I'm hoping I'm not confusing you because it is Thursday night, and we're normally here Wednesday night, like we were last night with Anita Brooks from Book 4, but I wanted to squeeze in a special episode tonight. We have an amazing gentleman, David Hevner, out of Book 10, who graciously offered to let me squeeze him in for a quick interview. He's in Atlanta this week, flying back to Belize. But let me tell you about David and why I'm so thrilled to have him as part of our global community in the Change Book series. David made his way to Hollywood with absolutely no experience or connections in the film industry. However, within three years, David was proclaimed as one of Hollywood's most successful indie filmmakers. Now David is sharing his secrets of Hollywood success with you, including how he became an award-winning filmmaker and actor, producing and distributing hundreds of features for HBO, Showtime, USA, and others worldwide. So David's website is on our episode on blogtalkradio.com, and it's davidhevener.com. And David, I'm so thrilled that I caught you on the fly back to Belize. So thank you for calling in and allowing me some some quick time, I guess, to interview you. Deb, that was a great introduction. I, I feel you made me feel good about myself. That's that's great. Thank you very much. It's uh, It's good to be here on your show. Thank you. Well, it's not my show, it's our show, because you and I together, along with 250 other amazing people around the globe, have all contributed to the Change Book series that Jim Britt and Jim Luke put together. So my first question to you is, why did you decide to contribute a chapter and, and join our community after speaking with Jim and Jim? Well, the first thing is both those guys, Jim and Jim, they're amazing uh, individuals where they want to reach out and they want to help people. And they've both been successful, you know, and they want to share that success. And one of the great things about the change is some is a philosophy I've used in my filmmaking is that if you have a dream that you want to come true, you find a, a room full of people that have dreams that are kind of like your dream and you help their dreams come true and yours automatically comes true. And that's what I found was, it seemed to me one of the key elements in the change of what, you know, both gems were, were doing. And, and I love that philosophy and I agree with you. And I know you and I have a common element together in, in the way we live our lives. And, and like you, I like to serve others and, and be an integral part of my community. And I love to give back And I'd love for you to share with the listeners some of the philanthropy work that you're doing because you have had such a successful career. So I'm I'm kind of wanting to start with some of the current things that you're doing, David, and kind of work back so we can 
we're going to work back to where you came from. But like I said to you in my email, you warmed my heart with the the philanthropy efforts that you are doing. And I'd love for you to share some of that with us. Well, thank you. Yeah, I feel like um, God has been such a big part of my life that um, I want to give that back, and I I, I want to um, help people as much as I can. Now, one of the ways that I'm doing it is um, I've, I've put together a, a program where I'm teaching people how to make movies and in hopes that they don't go through the same pitfalls I went through and make the same mistakes because it's, it's, it can be pretty horrific out there. So I just put together a, a program that, you know, they could take and they don't have to go four years of film school. They don't have to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars and have all that debt strapped on their back. Um, so I put that together and, and that's, that's important to me to share that. And then the other part of it is, is, is the spiritual side. Um, we're in Belize and we're in a village where, uh, my wife is, is helping kids at a local school read, uh, learn to read uh, English and, um, and then we uh, try to support the local churches in that area. I speak a lot on the power of God and how we're not to walk around as little wimps uh, thinking that we have uh, nothing in life, which God has given us everything in life. We just have to understand that we need to use it. We need to know we have it and then be able to use it. So, so those are the two aspects, my career aspect and then my spiritual aspect of my giving back. Well, and it, I think it's so special what you're offering the the citizens of Belize and, and even your wife with helping with the school. So that must be really rewarding for you. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I was talking to my son this morning and he says, Dad, you know, you know, missionaries come over to Belize from America and Canada. And but what happens when they get over here, we end up being missionaries to them. And. I said, can you explain that to me a little bit? And he said, yeah, you know, Dad, in Western culture, in, in the United States, and, and I'm sure in Canada, depending on what part of Canada, we've become so ingrained with, you know, we have everything at our disposal. You know, we, we, we have our SUVs. We got our Six Flag over Jesus churches. We got our buffets. It's just – and then when – but there's little countries that uh, – that uh, 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 that don't have anything, that they they sleep on dirt floors and and you know they wake up in the morning and all they have is God and their chickens, you know, and uh, and so when the Western culture comes to Belize and they see these people sleeping on the floor and having chickens, they think that they're poor, so they they want to paint their buildings and do all that, which is fine. But what happens is my son, who lives over there, he has a chance to talk to the well Western culture, you know, us, the, the, the Americans that come over and Canadians, to say, hey, you know what? Life isn't about all this stuff. Sometimes you're, you know, you're happier with a dirt floor. Sometimes you're happier with a chicken in the backyard. So he's, he finds a way to, to minister to the missionaries that come over to help people. I find very interesting, you know. Well, and it sounds like the branch doesn't fall far from the tree. 
you've you've obviously raised a son, you and your wife, who has shared in the morals and and beliefs that you've obviously taught him. And I I think that's one of the most rewarding things as a parent we can do is is see the good that our children's bringing to the world through their own through their own will and and their own want. Really, that's wonderful. That's there's nothing better than seeing your child do work like that. So you must be very proud. I'm very proud. I got six kids, Deb. So uh, I got to spread. You know, when you, you got to spread the kids, love. You, you got to spread it all around. You know, but uh, I give my wife all the credit. Any guy that, that doesn't give his wife credit for having great kids is a guy that uh, probably doesn't deserve to have kids in the first place. So I give my wife all the credit, and uh, you know, she's hanging there with me. And uh, they're they're great kids in, in spite of of me. <laughs> Well, I'm sure you had an integral part in that. Now, I want to ask, how would, how would David, how would you describe yourself in one word? And you're not allowed to think about it. What's the first word that comes to mind if someone had to describe you? I would say a, um, a renegade, um, a uh, rogue, uh, different, um, sometimes misunderstood. Uh, geez, Deb, I don't know. Nobody's I know. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, like you're that. breaking the rules, but I'm, I'm letting you go with it. It's okay. <laughs> now, breaking the rules I want to talk about. You talked about pulling your course together so that you can help other people not make the mistakes that you did. But as an yeah. entrepreneur, do you not think that's part of our tapestry and our grit and our tenacity and leading us to the road of success? Would you go back and change anything, or have they truly shaped who you are today? You're talking about uh, being the renegade in the road, and, and uh, you're talking about going down, I guess, a road less traveled. Is that, is that what you mean? <laughs> Absolutely, and 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 claiming that you've made mistakes, would you change any of that? Yeah, you know, I wouldn't change my mistakes. Well, let, let me back up. I have made some mistakes. Let me tell you the mistakes. The only mistake I would change, and I have to admit this because I know a lot of times I say, "No, I wouldn't change anything," but I have to. Now that I think about it, you see, that there's one thing that we cannot buy. Uh, there's one thing that we cannot get back. There's one thing that we cannot manufacture. Excuse me. Once it's gone, it's gone. And the thing I would change is I wouldn't have wasted so much time. Time, T-I-M-E, those four letters, T-I-M-E, is something that we can't get back. Now, Am I sorry I did it? No, it's not about being sorry. It's if I had to do over again, I would see where I, you know, sat around procrastinated, was afraid, you know, da da da, and that's man, I'd jump right in there. I'll jump right in there and do it. Now, you know, maybe I'm being hard on myself, but you asked me, and I'm trying to answer honestly. If I could go back, I, I would, I would not, I would jump in there and grab that ball a lot more times than I did. You know, I wouldn't sit around waiting for somebody to give me permission. You know. I think it's interesting as we age how we how we look back and ponder on those moments and I think we all have wasted time or maybe we've been apprehensive like you said to jump in and try something but I think it's just part of how we live life and how we mold ourselves 
And there is a chapter in your book that I really want to share with the listeners. So I'm going to read a paragraph out of your book because I think it speaks a lot to what we're talking about. And it was so powerful that I thought I really need to read this. So I'm going to read a paragraph of your, of your book so you can hear how wonderful you wrote in book number 10. So this is from David's chapter in book 10, and it's entitled, Your Life is a Movie, Lights, Camera, Take Action. And this is on the first page, on page 56, under Roll the Cameras. And I really want our listeners to listen to the words of this paragraph because it's so incredibly impactful and powerful. So here we go. Life is not an audition or a dress rehearsal. Life is more than a learning experience. It's thinking, planning, and doing experience. It is here and now. From the time you are born to the time you take your last breath, life is the making of your movie. You have locations, lights, cameras, actors, dialogue, makeup, wardrobe, props, extras, and you, the star. Perhaps you feel your lights and camera have never been turned on or your lights have been on and cameras rolling, but you are waiting for someone to call action. Maybe you're still memorizing your dialogue or touching up your makeup. You are trying to succeed, but time just keeps passing and nothing is happening. Martin Lando, my friend and co-star of Eye of the Stranger said to me, quote, to try to do something is to not do it. It's a formula to fail, end quote. Action has already been called. Your your screenplay this moment. Here's an excerpt from my book, Lights, Camera, Take Action, in which I describe three principles essential to the success of every film and any goal in life. So then you go into your principles, David. But the reason I wanted to bring up that paragraph is because it just curtailed nicely on what you said about you wish you hadn't wasted time. And, and I just found it so ironic that that's how you opened up your chapter. So my question is, when you wrote this chapter for the change book series for Jim and Jim, what space were you in emotionally when you wrote it? Well, that's a good question too. Um, you know, I had to ponder back and go, what, what can I give people that is the most precious jewel in my box. I opened my box and I said, you know, I want to share this with, with this group of people and with, you know, with others. And I opened it and I saw that word that said time. And I realized looking at, I'm in Belize and I'm looking out over the, the rainforest from my house there. And I realized that, that, as time goes on, time will never come back, that we occupy this space in time. And so when I wrote it, I went back to all the actors that I had ever worked with, and the one thing that they always had remorse on, that the thing that they really, uh, there wasn't wish they had more training, there wasn't they wish they had more money, it wasn't wish they had more anything, it was David, I wish I had more time on this earth. I wish I what I know now and apply it to, you know, pushing forward. And I found that very unusual because 
uh, and I even said this to Martin Landau. We had breakfast. I said, Martin, I said, you're how old are you now? You're like 150 years old or something. And he laughed. You know, I said, but don't you understand what you do at Actors Theater? That you are taking your time. If you're, you know, now that you're older and you have the wisdom, kind of like Moses, and now you're giving back and you're applying that. And he said, yeah. He goes, okay, that's, yeah, okay, I got that. But I think what he really meant, Deb, was, was, and I share this with people because I don't want you to ever think you're too old, is that you feel like you're running out of time, but you're never out of time until that clock stops. And you don't know when it's going to stop. So to come back around and answer your question, I wanted to share with people that if you're young, do not waste time. If you're old, do not think you're out of time. The time is a very, very important element that I think that we all could look at a lot more seriously. Well, and, and, you're, and you're preaching to the choir here because I, I am a volunteer uh, every week at our local hospice. So it's just I'm I'm loving this engagement of conversation with you because a lot of times when I'm sitting with someone and I'm holding their hand and they're near the end, it is one of their biggest regrets is what we're talking about and that they either didn't follow their dreams or they lived a life of fear or they wish they had said this or did this or visited this place. And you're right. It is not a dress rehearsal. It's life. And I think it's important every day to get up and live life to the fullest because we don't know when our number is going to be called. So very, very interesting uh, concept about that. What would be your first or what would be your favorite biblical verse about time? Do you have one? (laughs) Deb, you got all these puffy questions. I told you I was going to give you a run for your money. I'm on my toes here. You are getting the award. You're getting the award. I'm giving an award to you officially for the best questions I've ever been asked before. Uh, These are great questions. You know why? Because they're different questions, and they make me think, and they're they're unusual, and and I thank you for asking them. But, you know – the, the, I, I think the best scripture on time is the, the first scripture you'll find in the book. In the beginning, God created. In the beginning, God created. You see, God created something out of nothing, right? Took nothing and created something. Just look around at what he created. Now, if God can create something out of nothing, and you and I already have something, why can't we create something amazing? Because we're not starting with nothing. So time is as of no, to God, it doesn't mean a whole lot, and it shouldn't mean a whole lot to us. Now, when I say shouldn't, what I'm talking, let me back up a little bit, is that I don't want you to think that you have to take time to do something that you've got to wait until you pay off your house before you can take that, that, that gamble on this new business you want to do, or, or you've got to wait until you can make enough money before you finally get married to that, that one person you love. So, so that scripture to me is all about time, how he created it and, and he created nothing and he didn't wait. It, It just happened just like that. 
Well, and another great analogy, because you talk about it in your chapter about not judging a book by its cover. And I want to talk about that in just a minute. But I was wondering if you would be so kind to give us an update on Chained, on Chained Innocence and what's happening with that. Yeah, Chained Innocence is a, a, a script I wrote on human trafficking. And, um, you know, I, I have a, just a, such a burden for, for these young kids, especially I'm talking, I do for everybody, but when I think of young children, being in that world, it's just, it, there's nothing any worse I could ever think of. So I wrote a script and um, it happens to be an episode in one of my upcoming TV series called The Last Evangelist. So I, what I did is I took the actual script and I morphed it into, it's a, into a, uh, an episode uh, of it. So in The Last Evangelist, I play a cop, kind of like a, um, like a uh, law and order or CSI and I investigate these uh, the crazy things that are going on toward the end of time. This is we're getting into end times now, and, and you know, uh, and it, I'm investigating the element of human trafficking. So, anyway, we haven't shot that episode yet. Uh, I'm meeting with uh, a couple more organizations that deal with uh, human trafficking and hearing their stories, and which is just horrific. Uh, and so I should have that shot in the next couple of months. This is David. Hello. Hello. 